Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast, brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Steve Gresham, and we are talking about the family conversation. I have a special guest, my mother, Phyllis Gresham, from Fort Myers, Florida, formerly Sanibel, Florida, but that's another story for another podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about her personal role as a caregiver. And as we know, women are disproportionately assigned this task, often by default, but you don't need to hear any more about that from me. Let's just go right to it. So, Mom, welcome, and let's start talking. So, uh, and you had some uh, family history here. I mean, I, I tell people I'm very fortunate that I actually knew three of my four great grandparents mm-hmm. and all four of my grandparents, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So, I, I don't think that's demographically that doesn't happen as often anymore. No, but you were in multiple cases. You had to be had to step in as a, it was caregiver. a caregiver, right? <laughs> So you could not have, but you weren't that old when we moved to the Boston area right. and were now the most proximate relative to your grandparents. Correct. My great-grandparents. Correct. So maybe talk just a second about that. Well, I think that was by default mm-hmm. <laughs> because for whatever reason, family. You were the closest. I, I was the closest and I was the closest. <laughs> there wasn't. Uh, and I did go, yes, do the grocery shopping. They were both, I would say, very, and had been for some time, but fortunately had not had any major accidents, ha- had any accidents at all, actually. But, but they had some cognitive issues. Uh, they. I was about to say the cognitive part of it was, that was really a, a tremendous issue, tremendous issue. And yet they were in their own home. They were. Can kind of, of, yes, both of them. Alone. Alone. Uh, they, they, had some, they had a series of housekeepers um, that they fired uh, <laughs> for various reasons, none of which had any bearing on anything, except they decided they didn't like them or they weren't. They didn't want them there. Um, and they, it's, it's very hard to go back without laughing because a lot of it, it, it was unfortunate. And it was, I don't really think they were unhappy in their home. And it was a miracle, quite frankly, a miracle that they lasted as long as they did. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, you'd have to, I, I wasn't that old, but I certainly remember it. Uh, but I, I, I do remember that uh, that was quite the site. They were they shared a, a bedroom, but had separate beds. And, they did, mm-hmm. and and they were it, it, just the vision of the two of them, right. each in their bed in the middle of the day, yep. barking orders. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know right. I remember uh, one of them saying, "Boy, get me a towel." So. <laughs> Well, okay, Grandpa. Where are the where are the towels? Right there in the in the drawer, of course. Right next to the trowels. 
<laughs> so they were big gardeners. And as, as no, you are. she wasn't. He was. He was. Yeah, he, was. he was. And so, yes, right there. And there they were, brand new towels in a drawer right next to a whole bunch of brand new gardening trowels. Yes. And my grandmother wore most of her clothes. Uh, so when the visiting, the only person who could give her a wash up was the visiting nurse, whom I'm sure every time she was done with this, probably retired to her car and said, oh, my heavens, I don't know how many times I can keep doing this. Because <laughs> she, you'd hear my grandmother up in the bathroom howling away as the nurse peeled off one item of clothing after another. So maybe, yes, so for the, the uh, folks not as uh, well-versed in our family history, uh, when you say- Probably she, glad they're not. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. That we do have a, a great story about that called My Family Made Me Do It. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> uh, so they can see that on the next chapter website. But the um, uh, when you say that that um, that my great-grandma wore most of her clothes, you, you mean all at the same time. I do, <laughs> in layers. <laughs> But that was and she not. was a very tiny person too. Oh yes, yeah. So, um, but you—that was not your last experience with caregiving. So, for your own parents, at a point. Uh, so, I'll, I'll just, in the interest of time, put the backdrop. So, your parents actually retired to Florida in Correct. 1971. And then they, as they aged, they aged unevenly. They did. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so your, your mom passed away of cancer. And then, then it became kind of interesting. Again. It was more than interesting. Um, it was uh, a family. I think that they had never really decided how they were going to do anything. And certainly my father I would never have dreamt about discussing any kind of financial events, affairs, plans, whatever with him. Right. I don't even know what they were. I think his, for all of his executive abilities, and I think he had quite a few of them, certainly finances was not ever one of them. I think it was, oh, well, we'll see what happens. We'll just spend the money and then we'll decide. So they uh, go to Sanibel in 71. Uh, the stock market takes a historic plunge. And so he's now got, he's pinched. And then yeah. on top of that, not too long after that, uh, the boat that he uh, never had, that he now owned, which mm -hmm. is now a primary focus for him, uh, even that, enjoyment was compromised because of the Arab oil embargo that followed on at so yeah, 73 and exactly. then the stock market mm -hmm. crash. And they had a reckoning he actually had to come to when uh, when grandma died. And that reckoning was, was he well, going to be was able very, to stay what, he, what happened then was very inappropriate. See, this is just a non-planning, not so much, well, it wasn't, there was no plan, but there was no discussion about even considering a plan. And in retrospect, and from my own perspective, um, as I see it now, like it's always easier to look back on it. But the whole thing was a fiasco. I mean, it, it just was. Right. So he ended up selling the house on Sanibel. 
and moving to a less expensive place. Yes, but at the end of nowhere. Right, in North Carolina. Right. Theoretically closer to your sister. Right. Who was in Virginia. Right. But certainly not local. No. So you still wanted to be alone and... Independent. Right. And... Then he was overtaken. By? A woman that he met because he... He was a, a handsome man. He was, a, and he was kind and not very smart in the ways of the of women's wiles. Let's put it that way. I don't think that ever. I don't think that would have ever occurred to him, because till the very last minute, I don't know how he reconciled the fact that he'd been taken. And that, <laughs> and then, so he ended up moving much closer, uh, actually back to New Jersey from where they started into a nursing facility. No, he moved into a nursing facility there down in, um, in North Carolina because that was, he didn't want to go where it was cold. He looked at things. My sister and I looked at every kind of possible solution. He could have certainly come up and lived near us. And he would have gotten good medical care. I think that we did the best we could. I mean, he was adamant, adamant, adamant. And as long as he was paying the bills and had, actually, he had a very uh, a reasonable doctor. But he had, and his doctor, I think, really cared about giving him appropriate care. But he had Parkinson's and then Parkinsonian dementia on top of that. And so there was no, we hired people to take care of him. We talked to the to the owner of the nursing home every day. Um, it was a local family-owned facility. Did they actually take him out in his wheelchair every day? I don't know. I, I can't tell you that. It was, we were, we, I was working uh, and still working and had a family, and I couldn't manage it. If he'd been up at where we were, then I could have seen him probably at least every couple of days and, and right. made sure everything was all right. But talk about no planning. Good heavens, it was like it, it was horrendous. Well, this is, you know, <clears throat> for me, it's it's going back into time, but yeah. uh, but it, it this is how I think uh, a lot of people learn about what is ahead for them as they age. And your insights, I think, are are of course are terrific. So just kind of parting shot for advisors, you know, if given your own experiences, what would you tell them that they should be talking to the clients about? Well, that almost anything can happen. And you don't know when it's going to happen. And how on earth will you manage if you continue to, well, let's just say spend the way you're spending or plan the things that are you planning to do appropriate things? You know, are you looking at your own constraints? And would it is it a good thing or or otherwise for an advisor to talk about other people that they have witnessed go through similar kinds of surprises? I don't really know about that because I think that a lot of people at certain ages are really not interested in hearing about other people. 
Interesting. They okay. they just, you know, it's all, I think people begin as they get older to focus much more on themselves. Unless they have opportunities to, say, volunteer or live outside their own, they, they tend to retreat into, and I've heard people say this, uh, that, well, this is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to go to this class or I'm going to play bridge in the afternoon and then I might have lunch with someone or I might do dinner or whatever. It, it always amazes me how quickly people transfer into the little niche that they've made for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so pe- anybody talking to them would do there's no they don't want to hear about what happened to somebody else. Interesting. Okay. Uh, because God forbid that same thing might happen to them. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't that be awful? Right. Uh, they never really now he's giving them a nightmare. Uh, but what are they? How do they see what's going to happen just to them? Right. And then work that through. And then work play. that through. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in different scenarios. Uh, and it, it seems to me like it could be pretty straightforward a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't avoid the fact that somebody might have a devastating diagnosis. Right, right, right. But you can't think about it because it doesn't yeah, happen. You can't, but I would definitely not bother. They are not interested. Most people are not interested at all. And I mean, it, it's too frightening. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Well, you know, this is this is fun. Uh, I mean, it's sort of fun. Yeah. <laughs> you're certainly very good at it. Right? And you're aging well, but you've, you've seen a lot. Yeah, so. but I mean, I have to think, too, about... I do think about it. Mm-hmm. So, by curtailing my space, I have less that I feel I have to do. And so I can pick and choose those things that have meaning for me. Right, right. And something you said to me that in the context of the hurricane, sometimes fate steps in, <laughs> which and is a, an old cliche, but it's true. That's true. Well, that's our podcast. So I want to thank my mother, Phyllis Gresham. Uh, this was a lot of fun and uh-huh. you've given us a lot to think about. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. This has been a special guest edition of the Power Your Advice podcast. Please visit us at advisorpedia.com and follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook with the handle at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, we thank you for listening.